up, everyone? How is it going? Once again, another edition of the Downtown Roar. Today is Monday, and it's a special Monday, Victory Monday. I am your host, Logan, and alongside me today is Tally, as usual. What's happening? You know what? Uh, we're, we're feeling good today. There's a lot of emotions running through the body yesterday for a couple hours. I don't know how. I don't know why, but I cannot complain. It's a victory Monday. The Lions are back to 500, and the world is still spinning. Holy crap, dude. That game felt like five hours yesterday. I don't know about you, but, dude, that game was just – it was just dragging me, man, dragging me across the street. The entire first half was just kind of like, meh. Like, nothing was really happening. It was the opposite of what I really thought the game was going to be like, but – and in the end, I mean, we we came into this week talking about oh, who what team's going to blow it in the fourth quarter. I don't think either team wanted to win. Prater missed the field goal. The Falcons ran in a touchdown with a minute left for whatever reason. They didn't want to win. Just a whole lot. Everything you thought you were going to get of the Lions and Falcons the last minute and a half, it just delivered to a T. I I couldn't even believe some of the stuff I was watching. Like in the second half, like it was just eye-opening what what we were seeing and like I it was a nail-biter from start to finish and there was no doubt about it and going into what we said last week in the last week's podcast was listen I said that the Lions in order to win this game they're gonna have to steal this win I I said they're gonna steal the win and and that's basically what they did but they shouldn't have had to stole uh stolen the win but here they are coming back in the fourth quarter out of nowhere after the offense pretty much just goes, it vanishes at for three quarters and then comes back in the last one minute. Yeah, no, I mean, Matthew Safford proved why he's one of the best fourth quarter, uh, last minute quarterbacks, like probably ever. Yeah. And he imposed his will and got the Lions down there and he made the big play when the big play needed to happen. The the offense wasn't great, but it was enough to get it done. Definitely. And uh, obviously, Lions fans as a whole are going to be praising Matthew Stafford for this win for days. I was praising Matthew Stafford after the game because obviously his fourth quarter heroics have always been great. He's been putting this team on his back in the fourth quarter for years now. And it's good to see him, you know, just get back to that fourth quarter magic that he, he's shown like forever now, and but it felt like it, a long time just because of his injury last year and, and whatnot like that. So, but we have to also look at the bigger picture here and see what plays and, and defensive uh, strategies played to Stafford's benefit in this game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I thought today was – uh, yesterday it was a it's a all around team win. The defense came up with stops in the first half. The second half, I mean, they only gave up eight points, but they were kind of getting pushed over. They got a turnover in in a prime moment and get, got the Lions to lead. But then the last drive, they kind of got bullied at the end. But they came up big when when they had to. They let really score a touchdown. That was their biggest play of the game. Oh my gosh, I I still can't even believe that, dude. 
Dude, Jamie I, Collins um, celebrating the touchdown for Todd Gurley. He said he's literally in. Literally celebrating in. the touchdown. And side note, Tally, I had freaking Todd Gurley in my fantasy league too. Oh, so I was like, oh, oh that's a damn, double win for that. you. That's a double bonus right there for me, man. Double bonus, Todd Gurley. Thank <laughs> you, my brother. <laughs> that that was it, it. That's just good for your fantasy team and for your real team. Yeah, right and there. obviously we're gonna we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty in the fourth quarter a little bit later. That should be it for, like, the full overview that we usually give before we start breaking this down. We might as well get down into the downtown breakdown here. Uh, First two drives for either team – or first – Lackluster. Yeah, first drive for the Falcons wasn't great. Obviously, they only went, what, 20 yards on their first drive. Lions defense looked pretty good. Going into this game, I was like, all right, we're going to – the strategies were you got to stop the run game. You got to stop Todd Gurley. You can't let Matt Ryan get comfortable. And that's what the defense did all game. And we noticed that right from the start. Like, we said that if if they're going to – if the Falcons are going to win, we're going to have Matt Ryan beat us. We're not going to have him get comfortable in the pocket with his play-action passes to his two big targets. We're going to make Matt Ryan throw the ball where he's not comfortable. You know, yeah, the defense. I mean, the first two drives, I mean, what their first three drives ended in punts, and the defense really did commit to stopping the run. Todd Gurley was kind of getting bottled up the whole game. The D line looked good. I mean, Matt Ryan, when Matt Ryan had to make those throws, there were points where Julio was dominating and he had six yards of separation for whatever reason. Calvin really came up with some big catches. But all in all, the defense held their own when they needed to. And only giving up 22 points to that offense that just put up a 40 spot on the Vikings last week, that's doing their job and better. Definitely. And that offense is also, I would say, top five in the league, no doubt. Uh, and it's statistically, they are top five in the league. There's, there's no question about it. Factually, top five in the league. And that's where I go. People are saying, Oh, you guys got lucky to beat the one in six Falcons. Yeah, well, if you look at the one in six Falcons, obviously they're bad. But I'm not gonna say they're they should be one in six. You know what I mean? Like this team no, should be better than nightmare that. for any yeah. teams that defense is not their strong point. And the Lions, I wouldn't say that's their strong point, even though they have a mastermind uh, on defense. Uh, biggest yeah, guru, play in guru. History. guru. Always yep. remember the guru. Yeah, always, but. I mean, in the end, they the defense, even though it's not their forte to be able to hold great offense 22 points, they did it, and that's all we could ask of them. Give a chance on, to win the game on offense, and that's what they did. On the road, nonetheless, too, man. Like, God, I, gotta stop, I can't stress it. got to win a game at home. I wanna go, haven't won at home yet. That, nope. That's an understated fact as well. I mean, they've already played four games on the road. They're, they're going to have a lot of home games coming up, a lot of winnable home games. So this team could get above 500. I don't know what week, but there's a chance. For sure. For sure. And if you look at it in today's NFL, dude, it is hard to go on the road and win a game these Always. days. Even, I mean, even without fans, you got to – you gotta. it's all about the travel. You got to get in into the city, get the rest. Sometimes it's a time zone change. In this case, it wasn't. But it's always way more difficult than it is to play at home. Exactly. And in this case, there were fans in Atlanta on Sunday. Yep. And, and honestly, it felt good watching a game with, with, with uh, live fan fan noise. And for honestly, sure. it was just a great Sunday for us, man. It, 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 it started off a little choppy and then my heart sank and then it went to the skyrocket. 
Yeah, no, I mean, waking up Sunday morning, I was already on a high because Michigan football, shout out to my Michigan fans out oh, there. They gave me a big man. win. Got to touch on them for a second. Joe Milton, the savior of the of the program. But sure, then going into the Lions game, I had a little bit of hope because I was so happy and I was upbeat. And then the game started and it was kind of meh. And then it went really meh. And then all of a sudden, of course, four-quarter magic, and I'm feeling good again. I was nervous all week for this freaking oh, yeah. game. I was, all it, week. It's such a bad matchup for the Lions. Since our last podcast on, on Monday night, it, like, we knew that this is a matchup nightmare, like you said. Like, there's no doubt about it. Matchup absolute nightmare. Even with Julio Jones, like, uh, galloping uh, for the first half, he got, he got a little banged yeah, up Yeah, he can't, he can't run. He's, a, yeah, he's hurt. I, His hamstrings tore up. Dude, poor Julio, man. If he could just stay just healthy. stay healthy, dude, that guy, he's easily, easily one of the best wide receivers, man. Like, almost ever. Yeah, no doubt. If you watch Julio, dude, he's, he's, he's getting the end zone more. He's a freak oh. athlete, man. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. And he caused a lot of problems on Sunday, and somehow they came out on top. I mean, so yep. Kelvin Ridley, that dude's going to be – Probably a top receiver very soon as well. He's only in his second year this year. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Lions go take the ball, and they do a classic line three and out, and then they punt it away. One minute off the clock, three and out. But this is where the defense steps up again, and they force a three and out on the Falcons. So now Lions are getting the ball back. Uh, Second possession here, and – to be honest, this was a textbook textbook drive, and the Lions end up scoring another another touchdown in the first quarter, which is what they've been doing in each of the first six games. I would say, man, like we would we we're yeah, jumping out scoring. to big leads. Yeah, we're jumping out to yeah. leads every every single week. Just and that drive was capped off capped off by yours truly, DeAndre Swift, bump Swift, the man, another three yard rushing touchdown, man. That guy, he looked great on that drive as well. He he definitely did, and I think there was a holding on that drive that took back his um, what twenty yard run. I think yep. that, I think that was that drive. I want to say, so I mean he should have had more yards in the day, but dude, we got to start talking about maybe giving Swift the keys, man, keys to the car. Yeah, no, it's AP at times he would look stagnant. It's tough because I do like watching AP carry the ball, but when on Swift that drive. 13-yard run, 8-yard run, 3-yard touchdown run. Like, it's time to just feed the kid and let him do his thing. And he looked – I mean, he at points, he did get bottled up going out to the outside. The guards weren't pulling out fast enough. And he, he was getting stuffed up. But in the end, he was still gaining yards. And that's that's what we just can't see out of Adrian Peterson running laterally. He can't get to the outside and get the yards even if it gets blown up. And that's why I love to watch DeAndre Swift run the ball. Can't agree more. Can't agree more. And obviously, we got to talk about the big play here on this drive, which was the Matt Stafford third and goal. He gets absolutely pummeled by A.J. Terrell, who I also think A.J. Terrell is a great draft pick for this Falcons team, man. Yeah, he's looking good. That dude, he's a baller. He is a freaking baller at corner, dude. And obviously, this, this call was questionable. But I it's have no right doubt in my mind that it was the right call. Greg if Jennings doesn't think NFL, so, though. He likes to see Matt Stafford get killed out there. Oh, yeah, Greg Jennings. He'll talk all day. But if you look at today's NFL, 
you argue can't with the NFL's rules now, dude. Those are the NFL's rules. You can't change those rules anymore. I even you think go if to that, the head. Yeah, no, directly at his head. He jumped. Yeah. Like, you can't leave the ground when you're making a hit, especially at the quarterback. I don't care if he's out of the pocket or inside the pocket. That's a dangerous hit. And he, I mean, overall, he could have got a concussion from that hit. Thankfully, he didn't. Stafford's his tough uh, mother-uffer. But, I mean, it, it's a dangerous play. I think it had to be called, and they called it correctly. Yeah, and, and Terrell had every right to go right to the chest there with that head, but no. Nope. He he Watch. went up he went upstairs and, and, and paid the price for it. But I can't stand the people that are saying that this call was a gift to the Lions. No, this isn't a gift. If you look at any other NFL game, bro, like that's getting called that's no a penalty doubt. any any day of the week. Like for any team, man. Aaron Rodgers especially, bro. Oh Aaron yeah, Rodgers any of the golden boys. A million out of a million. You know, I'm glad to see the Lions finally get a call. I mean, it was the right call, but it's nice to see them getting a call. Yeah, and if you if you look at anything for other quarterbacks, like we we know it well. Aaron Rodgers, as soon as you get a hand up near his near his shoulder pad, it's it's called it's called a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> you guys not allowed to get touched. Not allowed to get touched, and, and finally something goes the Lions' way here. They end up getting a first and goal off this play. First play. And, capped it off with DeAndre Swift, which was a nice touchdown. Lions go up 7 nothing, and that lead remains the same for the first quarter. But Falcons come back in the second quarter, and they cap off a huge drive, which was like 13 plays or something, six minutes. Right after Lions 3 and out as well. Yeah, and that was like 90 yards or something. Yeah, like, 13 ugh. plays, 89 yards, 5 minutes, 48 seconds. It was a tough. It was a tough scene to see. It was another like just demoralizing drive, basically by by the Falcons, and it was honestly what I would say is the play there was the Jeff Okuda uh, penalty. Yeah, that was on a tough Calvin call. Ridley. Very tough. It call. was like we were breaking a little bit there, and then. That was just a nail in the coffin where it set up Gurley on the one-yard line. And easy. To be honest, I was trying to watch that play, Tally, like for a couple times after the game to see if it really was. But there was some hand fighting. Both ways, Some pushes from Okuda. I don't think he's catching that ball regardless, though. That's like the tough part is he pushed him so – like he did everything he had to as a cornerback. He pushed him to the pylon, pushed him out of bounds almost. And, I mean, they were hand-fighting. They were both fighting each other, though. That's that's the problem. I guess, like, overall, it probably is pass interference. But that, I think that's a tough call. Yeah, it's definitely – it was, like, so close to textbook coverage there by Akuda. But I think it was that last little nudge on, on Calvin there. Yeah, about and, which led Which led to the flag coming out of the pocket by the official. I had really – I couldn't really argue it, obviously. And – Ended up putting the Falcons on a first and goal opportunity. Lions were showing some fight on the goal line there, but it was ultimately too much on the third and goal for Gurley to get in. And that was a seven. And the Falcons tied it up there. So now I'm now I'm like, all right, well we got we're looking at a good game. I mean, we're looking at a a, a fight for basically who's going to win, man. And that's what we expected. And then the Lions go down. They take the take the uh, kickoff. And they pretty much 
I thought the drive was going well, but they it was did going very well. Yeah, and then they staggered out, and that's what the theme of the game was for the Lions' offense: staggering out. And this this drive ended up not not even scoring a point for the Lions. Turnover on that. What did you think? I mean, overall, it, it it was a good drive. It was a good answer drive, as you know, they just tied up the game. They just went three and out, two out of their last three drives. Things are starting to look down. It was a big long drive for the Falcons, and you know, they, the Lions answered with the nice long drive themselves, but. They got down to the 12-yard line, and they struggled. Yeah, I mean, the the fourth and two call or fourth and one call, I thought it was – I mean, it was a good call. I'm fine with feeding AP there. Somebody's just got to block the guy. Somebody missed an assignment. I'm not exactly sure who it was. And that's what really I thought was going to change the game a little bit because then the Falcons, you know, they had the ball with uh, – how much time was left? Probably like eight minutes left in the quarter. Of course, or we, you got to see the 98 – yard drive coming as soon as you turn it over. So I thought that was going to be a huge turning point in the game. Yeah, and, and I was literally just going to ask you what you thought about the Matt Patricia call to go for it I love in Atlanta it. 3. Yeah. Yep. Go for it. Who cares? You're trying to steal points. Your team trying to get back to 500. You're not going to win the game by kicking field goals. That's what I said, man. If you're at the Atlanta 3, dude, and it's a 4th and 2 play, I think it was even 4th and 1. Yeah, it was play. closer to 4th and 1. It wasn't really yeah yeah and, and and you got to go for it in that situation and and that's that's a call where Jim Caldwell kicks the field goal yeah I'm going to say it again and I'm going to keep saying it. he's kicking the field goal there taking absolutely ten out of ten times and even though it didn't succeed for the Lions like which put the Falcons on their own one yard line so it gotta hope your defense much... can get a stop. Exactly, and and the odds weren't good for the Falcons to go ninety nine yards and score a touchdown. I forgot the probability on it. It's low, but holy, you got to get a stop when you got like ninety five percent chance to force a punt and you can't get it. Yeah, you you have to force a stop there. The defense just those two drives right there before the end of the half for the Falcons they were literally demoralizing. They were just it was they were. They were just pounding our They defense. were doing exactly and, and, what we didn't want to happen. They got in their groove. We let the wide receivers get some space and let Matt Ryan get comfortable. They had a big – I mean, that drive could have been three and out. The At the start of the drive, they were on backed up on their own goal line, third and eight, and then Calvin Ridley made a great catch, and they went on to score. So the defense is close. They're almost there, but they got to get over the hump. They were just methodical drives. And you know, going back to the – was methodical. Yeah. Well, well played. Definitely, and I, I think I like that Raheem Morris uh, coach for the Falcons, the interim. Yeah, I think no, he's, he, he's, he's doing a decent job so far. I mean, they killed the yeah. Vikings last week in his first game. I think he's got a good grasp of the of the offense over there in Atlanta now. I think they were the. I I mean I don't know if he's going to take the job next uh, next year, but obviously he's going to have to go through interviews. I don't think he will, but honestly, I think he he'll he'll get a, he'll retain his job as offensive coordinator for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think he's figured out the, the formula that um, Dan Quinn couldn't figure out is uh, just get Hulu the ball in open space and he's going to do some things. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just throw it to your big guy that's very good and uh, things are going to work out well. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Uh, that's, that's absolutely it. And yeah, and then the Falcons scored. And to be honest, I was like, all right, well, that's the half. But then what happens next? Matt the Stafford magic. 
29 seconds left leads us to get a field goal somehow. Somehow in some way. Matt Prater, I said he couldn't kick 50 and then yards drilled anymore. It. And then drilled Drill the 50, man. Drill the 50 bomb. We that was a big that swing Matty going Prates. to the half, I thought. I went to the half like, okay, well, we're, we're only – we're in within one score. It's nice. It's fourteen to ten, and that feels a whole lot better than fourteen to seven. Yeah, it really did feel a lot better than fourteen to seven. And obviously, dude, T.J. Hawkinson and Kenny Galladay are easily the top two targets for Matt Stafford at this point, and they are just balling out, man. Like, there's no doubt about Been it. Bumping T.J. Just... forever, man. That dude's gonna oh. be a freak. He's only 21 years old, and he's going to get better. I say it every week. He's just going to keep getting better. Uh, his boy, George Kittle, shot him out after the game. Those two are great friends. He's going to teach him to be an all-around tight end, and he, he's starting to become one of the most reliable guys in the offense. Definitely. And TJ at eight, baby. TJ Hawkinson uh, at number eight. Worth we it. love to see that. Love to see it. So then we go into halftime. 14-10. I'm feeling A-OK. I definitely want to see some more stuff from our offense as it's been stalling out. And what do they do the first drive? It's another methodical drive, but they can't do anything with Seven it. Seven-minute drive for three they points. They stalled out, man. That's been that, that's what they did in the second half. All they did was stall out until the last minute in the game, dude. Like, that's got to be fixed, and especially for next week against the Colts defense. Yeah, no, especially that Colts defense isn't a joke. They're going to get pressure. The offensive line's going to have to hold up. Stafford's going to have yeah. to make some plays. But they can't be, especially against the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons were looking like they were going to score a whole lot of points, and we were lucky to get out there after the win with only 23 points score. Yeah, and, and going back to what you said about the offensive line, shout out to the offensive line this game. I looked thought they were very good. Very good. They had some great protection for Matt Stafford for most of the game, but in the first, in the towards the end of the first half, they were getting the blitz packages from the Falcons, and they really did not know what to do for uh, for those. I think Deion Jones got to him, and then uh, a corner or somebody hit Stafford hard. That's all I know, and nobody was being accounted for. But they fixed it up in the second half, and I don't think there was a sack on Stafford in the second half. I could be wrong. Though. There, there was one, and that's the one. Uh, actually, on that drive, they were stalling out. He took the nine-yard sack to make a 51-yard field goal. Shout out Matt oh, Prater. Oh, that's 51 right. 51 yards right. again. 51. We said he couldn't hit it anymore. He doesn't have the leg. Oh, he's got the leg. He, oh, he's got the leg. And he looked good. I mean, also, shout out to our sixth offensive lineman, number 33, carry on Johnson. That dude's picking up blitzes like he's a – like a qualified offensive guard. Yeah, he he reads blitzes like a like a book. He, he's like out. Book. He's got one job right now, and it's to pick up blitzes and protect nine. And that's what he's doing. I think he's waiting his turn because next year him and Swift are split carries. So I don't think um, AP is going to be here. But this is the dude you want to have on your team. He throws his body on the line for the team. He doesn't care about his role. He's going to do his job, and he's going to try to do it the best he can and ultimately try to get a win. And I mean. On the final play of the game, guess who made the play on the block? Carry on Johnson. Definitely, and especially on third down, dude. When you get that third down back right there to get in and block for you, maybe make a catch, check down catch or something, like it, it just comes up so big if you can read a blitz on third down because a lot of teams send pressure on third down no matter what. And 
I don't think DeAndre Swift is ready for the third down t- uh, uh, snaps. He just can get out the young. slot. He can't. He can't be blocking yet. Not yeah, just no, yet. No, 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 not at all. And that was a huge sack for the Falcons. They almost pushed us out of freaking field goal. Yeah, that was a that tough scene huge to drive, man. That would have sucked. And also, that was a huge freaking kick by Matty Prates, dude. Pulls it with oh him. Oh, my one. gosh. And, I mean, if, one by one in the end. So, every little thing, every point counted this game. And Matt Matt Prater came up big. But if he misses that kick, Falcons are on their, like, almost 50, almost at midfield already. Yep. Like, that's a huge swing right there and a huge – Field position uh, swing, and that was just big for for Prater to get that through the uprights, no matter what. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and then even they they kicked off, and then they got another. The defense stepped up again. It was almost a three. Now I think they got one first down. Took two minutes off the clock and let the offense try to get back to work. Yep, and and, and moving into where we like to call the Romeo Oquara. Segment of the podcast, Bump. dude. This guy He's getting off the oh edge. Well, wow. he's getting off the edge he's extremely been off the well. Walls. He, I mean that that strip sack was textbook. Like it, that, you cannot draw it up any better than that. And then, I mean, of course, don't want to talk the offense stall out. But he he's looking like he's gonna be a part of this team for a long time. If he can keep continuously get off the edge like that, he's going to stay around. Two sacks on Sunday, a tackle for loss, and a fumble, a forced fumble, man. Oh, my gosh. He was almost bringing pressure. Like, he w- to be honest, it reminded me of Ziggy days. Like, like, he was bringing yep. the pressure, like, no matter what. And just to see that jump off the uh, defensive line there, and he his moves against that left tackle, I believe, were were, were just phenomenal. See, and I think this dude is going to be growing and growing for the Lions. To be honest, Romeo Okoro is my player of the game. This dude brought the pressure on Matt Ryan. Period, no doubt about it. And that's what we needed to win this game. You can't let Matt Ryan get comfortable in the pocket and make passes because he will hurt you. He will. No, like, there's no give him time, and Matty Ice will anything. pick you apart. Yes, that's it. That's it. And I think Romeo Aquara, he did the job for the Lions defensive line uh, this game, and I'm really excited to see this dude grow in the next couple of weeks. This guy could be a force on this defensive line. Yeah. Also, I'm hyped for his brother to get back. Yeah, up Julian's good as well. I like them both. They're. Despite, oh, could you imagine them running off the edge together? That'd be that'd be a really cool. Oh thing to see. my gosh. That would be epic. No, for sure. I mean, I think the Lions could possibly trade for the end or a defense tackle. But right now, I, I like what I'm seeing from Trey Flowers and Cora. Uh, yeah. Yep. And, and the, obviously, the trade rumors are going to be start to heat up. Also, speaking of trade rumors, Marvin Jones this Sunday. He's, he's a Lion. He's very a lion. went quiet. He went quiet. He went quietly yeah. unnoticed this game. Five catches, 80 yards. And he sacrificed his body under some of those catches. I was huge to see him um, produce some numbers this week because, as we know, the past couple of weeks he's been held to under ten receiving yards. And I, I love—I'm a big MJ fan. 
and, and I think he, he, he should stay on this team. He should not get traded by the deadline. He's going to be huge for the Lions. Another asset for Stafford to throw to. I think he's the present. third guy, but we freaking need him. Yeah, no, it, I mean, there's been, you know, critics lately because he's been getting shut down. It doesn't look like he has what he used to have. But today, he, yesterday, I'm sorry, he came out and balled out. And if he can continuously do that and be a solid, reliable third option on this team, he, he's not going to get traded. No, no doubt about it. You can't do that to Matt Stafford. You can't do it. Unless you're bringing in a better guy. No matter what the pick is. A better or younger guy. Cephas, he's going to be the guy in like two years, but not. there's no reason to do it now. No, 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 no. And, yeah. And, and going back to what Cephas, um, I think he's he's he. if you give him time to develop, he's going to be a good player. Also, going back to another wide receiver, we caught Travis Fulgham. Dude, that dude's going on. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He's going on. It doesn't make any sense. He's actually just one. He's just dominating with Carson Wentz right now. I just had to bring I'm that sure up. I'm sure it'll just stall because... out. I'm sure it will. But it's it's just very funny that like we caught him and he was a special teams guy. He made like one catch for us, and now he's just like this this fantasy madman. Yeah, and I remember drafting or er, when we drafted him from Old, Old Dominion. And I thought this kid in the sixth round had very high value in the, in the sixth round. No way he should have been a sixth-round pick. And I thought the Lions were going to give him a shot for a little bit, but they ended up not giving him a just shot, no just cutting him. There was no room, basically. And I I don't fault the Lions at all for cutting him. I'm, I'm glad to see his success in Philly. I just had to bring that up in the podcast just because, you know, he's a he's yeah. a Lion. He was drafted by the Lions. Young receiver. We were talking about wide receivers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and honestly, people are saying Golden Tate might be coming back. Staying on the topic of trade rumors, I don't really want that. We, I think can't Danny Amendola is good. Just cannot see it yeah. happening. I mean, it'd be no. awesome. I love Golden Tate. He doesn't have what he, he is like Marvin Jones. He's falling off. Golden Tate does not have the speed. Doesn't have the cut ability. It's when he was in Detroit, it was an awesome time. But it's it's he's not. He can't come back. Yeah, and I don't like the contract yet either. No. I, I would rather prefer Danny Amendola, even though this game he had a couple of drops. Yeah, that uh, drop was bad. Yeah, that drop was really but bad. Came but came up big catch on the last drive, so it's he a veteran did making come up big, big time plays and big time moments. That's that's that, all we. That's shout all we out Stafford for. for that throw, man! Holy crap! Sidearm moving in the pocket, just putting on, on a the dime. move. He, on the move. Stafford looks like he's back. He's comfortably through for like 350. We, we should be able to start tearing up some defenses. Kenny Galladay, pay the man. Oh, my Lord. Please keep him in Detroit. That dude is Babytron. No more that DK talk. He's Babytron. He's already in Detroit. Keep him here for his whole career. Oh, great point. You brought up the DK, the DK segment. Yeah. Yeah, here yeah. we go, Get people. DK, DK Metcalf. I tweeted this last night watching the uh, Arizona Cardinals Seahawks game. That game was absolutely phenomenal. Awesome game. A little straying away from the game here. We're going to get into the uh, last couple minutes of the fourth quarter soon, but we got to go over this real quick. DK Metcalf. He he was getting praised by by the media this week. He was he was getting compared to Calvin Johnson. He was actually being compared to Calvin Johnson. Right Top now, five dude. receiver all time. Disrespectful. Are you kidding? Disrespect. 
And what does he do on Sunday night when, when, when the the lights are on him? One catch, 17 yards. That's it for the Metcalf. And that's it for the for the media, too. Stop hyping him up and calling him Megatron because he doesn't deserve that. If you look at Megatron, he caught passes over three defenders. I DK Metcalf can't catch a catch a ball over one right now. No, no. His contested catches are nowhere near what Calvin Johnson did. Calvin Johnson no three hundred yards in one game. That that'll that won't happen probably for a long time. That like that's a dude who just said I'm better than everybody else on the field. And don't get me wrong, DK is a great young receiver. He's only in his second year. The dude is yeah, a freak athlete. He hawked down Buda Baker last night. That was crazy to see. But come on, man. He's not going to have 300 receiving yards in one game. He's not going to moss three guys in the end zone. Man, no, he's not. Russell Wilson's never going to be like, oh, okay, DK Metzcalf's down there with four guys. I'm going to throw it up there. It, I mean, That's basically what Calvin Johnson offered. Yep. If, if you saw three guys on him, oh, that's all right to throw it to him. He's Calvin Johnson. Yeah, he's going to come down. He's either going to come down with it or it's going to be incompletion. It's not going to be a pick. He's going to knock no. it down. He's a DB. Absolutely not at all. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of this DK Metcalf talk and, and being compared to our boy Megatron. He's once he's once in a lifetime, dude. And obviously – Glad to see the I rumors people, are going to calm down because of his last night's performance. Yeah, I think people have, have forgotten what Megatron was. Yeah, he just like, retired. I think people and, – And people just, just disgrace his name. People need to watch highlights of this boy, of this guy. Like, you can't just vanish him from your memory. This guy is literally one of the best wide receivers of all time, I'd say. The most dom- one of the most dominant receivers ever. I just can game changing at all times. There's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And we definitely had to touch on that this podcast. Had to. To touch no on more that. Calvin Johnson slander. No, not at all. So, now we're going into, we covered up the Romeo Quara uh, strip sack there. And basically, the Lions, after that strip sack, I was looking for them to... Put the game away. Put the game away, go get a touchdown, and score and get to 20 points, which would have been absolutely huge. But they end up just opting for the field goal there. It was a four-player off the turnover. Oh, it it was just hard to watch just because that first run really just screwed us, dude, on on that, man. Put them five yards behind the sticks. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It wasn't good. And take a loss on the next play. You're looking at third and 17. I mean, he did – well, Stafford, veteran presence on third and 17 – on the 40, he could have forced it down the field and, you know, probably had an incompletion, not pick up the first down. You know what he does as a veteran quarterback? He steps up, runs for nine yards, and puts Matt Prater in a way better spot to make the field goal. And, of course, Prater steps up, ice in his veins, Mr. Clutch, 49 yards right down the middle, never a doubt, and gave the team a chance to win the game. Oh, that was huge. That scramble ended up taking it from what, a 58-yarder with a 49-yarder. Just so Absolutely smart. Absolutely huge. And after uh, Prater missed that field goal uh, two drives before – or one drive before that, 
where he missed a what forty one yarder? Yeah, and it was a tail. It was so bad. Hooked it. Oh my gosh, dude! And that drive should have been a touchdown too. We stalled out again, man, in the fourth quarter against a not like good defense. Game, we had three chances to put this game away in the fourth. Three. And uh, you know, Unbelievable. and somehow we were playing the Falcons. So that's like the only team in on the planet you'll you'll get away with doing that. I'm glad yeah. that it was the Falcons where we were stalling out a little bit and we weren't putting them away. But for for everybody's sake, the whole entire franchise sake, put your foot down, score touchdown, besides having to go down the field with a minute left of no timeouts, seventy five yards for a touchdown. Because I don't want to I don't want my stress levels to be that high. <laughs> the Falcons just can't play in the fourth quarter. No, it's like, it, that the was fourth a quarter. Fourth quarter. They should send a petition into the NFL to not let them play fourth quarters anymore. Just at the end of three, we're we're done. If we're up, yeah, by, just end it after eight, three. We win. If we're if we're down by like seven and a half, we we lose. Like that that goes for the whole history of the franchise as well. Yeah, they they've been a meme ever since twenty eight to three, and I don't think it's ever. It's gonna be a long time before it, that dies down. Never gonna go. Especially away. they're doing things I, like I feel this. Bad. The Lions are celebrating touchdowns for them because they're scoring. Todd Gurley's once oh. a no, Todd Gurley doesn't care about his team anymore. They're one. They're one six. He's he wants that. He wants to pad his stats. Show everybody he doesn't have arthritis anymore. So we go up sixteen fourteen, and we punt and we kick it away. I'm not feeling good at I, this point I, either. No, I'm not feeling good. And I was just going to say that I tweeted out. I was like, we should have scored a touchdown. 16-14 does not have me sitting very comfortably because a field goal wins the game for Atlanta uh, Falcons. And what do we see here on this drive? Another methodical drive by the Falcons where I felt like our defense was getting a little tired. We were seeing Todd Gurley open up a little bit. First time he's been opening up all game for that running game. And that's not what I wanted to see because you can't let the running game dominate with two minutes to go in the game because then you're going to have to burn timeouts and then you're not putting pressure on the offense to make throws, which are very hard to do. And what happens at the end of this? Oh, my God. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. What are you doing? It's like he we forgot where he was. We saw this the night before. Yeah, we did. With if Penn he was State. watching. Penn State accidentally got in, and the same exact result this time. Accidentally scored a touchdown. Of course the other team's going to go down there and score. This one was a lot more difficult because it's not like college where the, every first down the clock stops for a little bit. Matt Stafford had to go the length of the field with no timeouts and didn't. It just Todd what Gurley a fourth clearly quarter. Wasn't, he clearly wasn't watching that Penn State. No, game. he must have oh, not been watching. Man. He's like, okay, well, if I go, if we go up by six here, we're gonna win. And when I was watching Todd Gurley run that ball, I was like, all right, he got by the defensive line. We're, we're, like, I, this was all going through my head. I was like, holy shit, let let him score. Holy shit, let him score. And then I, when that, I think the linebacker. Dude, he should have just pushed him in, man. Like, yeah, like, Jamie I Collins think he, he gave him a little tap. Him. That was really he like fake tackled him to make it look like he was actually trying to stop him. 
but he just fell yeah. and then and then got up and threw up the two arms. He's like, yeah, that was phenomenal, up. phenomenal. I thought if he did the big tackle though, and then like the big push from behind yeah. to push him in, oh, that would have been textbook, absolutely textbook. But Gurley ended up just falling in on himself. I I still can't believe a veteran like that would make the play like that. That was just insane. I, I think I mean obviously it's on Todd Gurley. But what the hell are are the Falcons doing? Not just taking a knee. You're on like the four yard line. You want to make it like you, you want to make it closer for Young Hoku. I think he's he's got less of a chance to make it on the one yard line than he does on the four. Like like I don't know what they were doing. They could have put that game in the bag, take one knee, run the clock down to twenty seconds, and win the game. That's a great point. Why the hell did they not take a knee? You know what? When you're that Atlanta Falcons, you forget how to play in the fourth quarter, and that's what they did. And for some reason, they let the Lions win the game. Oh man! And going back to coaching, I think we forgot a coaching a coaching greatness. What we saw from Matt Patricia, dude. When when defense looked uh, good. What was it? Third down. It was the Lions got stopped, but. There was a penalty that they were they were trying to keep an eye on where the Falcons couldn't get off the field in time. And Patricia, he set up a fake punt, and they were doing all that moving around. Uh, Freaking Jack Fox was under center for a little bit. Yeah, there was a lot Just going to, on. <laughs> there was a crap load going on, and Matt Patricia was an absolute genius for that. I was like... Holy crap! Did Matt Patricia just just st- strategize this? Like what? I know we're seeing more today. I mean, uh, last, last yesterday, that's one of the best coach games I've seen from Matt Patricia. Really, like the defense. What what we expect out of him? This is what we expect to see. Holding the Falcons, who I mean, twenty two points is not, you know, anything to write home about. But that offense. Is can be dominant, and he kind of forced them to punt to punt a lot more than that team's used to doing. Yeah, and I can't even believe I didn't even touch on. I, I forgot to touch on that uh, coaching, coaching greatness. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah, literally. from, from the guru. Even is a, even, special teams guru. Even if that even is a sentence, <laughs> he, he's not only a defensive guru; he's a special teams guru as well. Yeah, that's it, man. Honestly, I was impressed by that. Just just the knowledge around that because he clearly didn't get off the field and Stafford even saw that on the field. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, was this was great. Nice to see from our coach. Yeah, so now – yeah, especially because we haven't seen much. But <laughs> going into this last drive here, the emotions are just roaring and I just – I knew – that Matt Stafford, when he got the ball in his hands with a minute to go, minute and four, whatever the hell it was, he was going to go down the field and give us a chance to win the game. And that's exactly what he did. And that's why we pay Matt Stafford the millions. That is why we pay him the millions. Yeah, there there but, was truly just – it was just a roller coaster. Like, TJ didn't got a bounce. I'm like, okay, well, we lost. And then another pass from the middle. I'm like, oh, my God, we don't have enough time. But then somehow when TJ, we didn't have enough time. When Hawk didn't get out of bounds, I was about to start throwing crap, dude. Like, I was so pissed off. He should have gotten out of bounds right when he caught that ball, but he turned up field. A rookie mistake. 
But those Iowa tight ends are not taught to run out of bounds. No, no, they are taught to just fight because they are strong. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Hawkinson will clearly learn from that play. I hope he – there was no reason to start running up field with no. that ball. But, luckily for our favor, we're talking about this lightly this week because if – oh, my gosh, dude. If that ended up costing the Lions the game, we would have been absolutely irate to that. And then he time. made up for it, of course. But before that, Danny Amendola, great catch, middle of the field. And then get get up there and spike it. And then, of course, we we have time for one play to try to get it up the field, give us a chance at the end zone. And I think that was better than any of us could have expected. Like, it was it was like a 40-yard throw. Matt Stafford out on the run, absolute dot to Kenny Galladay. Should have been defensive pass interference. Should have been a penalty. Probably should have had 12 seconds. That would have given us like two to three shots to get to the end zone. Who cares because we still when won that, that game. But holy, that's got to get called. When that play happened, I would I saw Kenny catch the ball and I was like, What's happening? Why is Kenny just like celebrating the catch? Get on the line yeah. of scrimmage and get this ball freaking spike. Nobody was up I was there like, yet. What? So I do understand. And then they start running downfield and freaking DeAndre Swift gets mowed over by a defender trying to like obstruct they the, were offside the spiking. Too. That dude there was a this should have been a penalty. Yeah. There, there was a guy that was way offsides, and there was a dude that smoked him in the backfield. And neither, and then, and then somehow after the review, magically they're on the eleven yard line. I'm like, bro, how? He, the, he caught that ball at the seven yard line. How are we going backwards four yards? And I mean, that in that retrospect, four yards from the seven to eleven is way different. That's a that's a longer throw. That's less time for your wide receivers to get open. Like. So many things were poorly done, poorly officiated. We were lucky to come he out with that win. Made That's no the sense. only reason, like we're talking, we're not like touching on it that heavy. But man, the, the NFL did not want to see the Lions win that game. They said, "Yeah, go ahead and move that back four yards." When it was originally that was spotted crazy. correctly. Yeah, and then the NFL also called a freaking. Uh, Unsportsmanlike conduct oh, and Danny Amendola oh, yeah. for taking his helmet off? When there off? was four other guys on the field without their helmet on. And then end up making it, like, what, like a 50-yard extra point or something? And, and then on that extra point, there was a flag at the bottom of the screen. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Oh, yeah, I didn't – I was my – del- my reaction was delayed from the kick. I was like, oh, my gosh. Thankfully, I, uh, oh, everything it was too somehow stressful. in the end, it worked out for the Detroit Lions, and we get to 500 on the season, something we've been fighting for. Starting 0-2, you never expect to get 500 at 3-3. Three and three. They've come up big the last couple of weeks, and they're fighting. They're fighting to be a playoff football team. They're trying to get in the hunt. The division, the Bears are losing right now. The Bears are actually getting smoked right now. That team They are team, frauds. Yeah, they are frauds. And, I mean, I don't think you're going to win the division over the Packers because, I mean, they put a spanking on you week two. But it's nice to get to three and three and give yourself a chance at the wild card. Like, I think the wild card is going to be 10 and six, nine and seven this year with the seventh team getting in. So every single win matters. And from moving to two and four to three and three, it's not even close how, how your, your town and your team feels. At three and three, you feel you have a chance. I'm still pissed off from week one. Yeah, dude. That, I can't believe we lost four, to those freaking we could be frauds. Four and two with Indy, the Vikings, and the football team coming up. 
And I mean, <laughs> those are three. We're looking games. pretty. We are looking pretty now. I mean, the Colts is a tough matchup. I know the Vikings aren't very good. I still think they're a tough matchup because they always beat us. But I mean, there's some room. There's some some room for some wins there. And if they can win two out of these next three, there might be a little bit of life. And you might make a trade soon where your team might get better on defense. I'm hoping they're going to do that. Hopefully get a D-end in here. Maybe they can trade for Quinn and Williams, a young stud from the Jets, who's probably not going to be that high of an access price because the team's so bad. But it there's there's just so much more upside at three and three. True. I'd like I'd like to see him up the middle. Oh, yeah. He'd be all, and he can learn from guys like Danny Shelton. And he's a way better pass rusher than Danny Shelton as well. Way better, way better. We saw Danny Shelton whiff on a huge sack. Yeah, that, that was bad. That game Matt, on Sunday. Matt, uh, I was pissed Ryan off. looked elusive in there because of that. that guy's somehow, <laughs> somehow he's 500 somewhere. pounds and can't hit a guy who's 180. Unbelievable. But going into – before we go into the Colts game on Sunday that we're going to uh, preview, back to Kenny Galladay here for a second. Dude, that catch – oh. That's why we need to pay this man. That is why we need to pay this biggest man. Biggest play of the game is right the there as well. Second biggest play of the game because uh, TJ Hawkinson, love you. Yeah, I'm glad Huge you're our tight end. For Hawk. Gets open when he was covered. So those two need to stick around for a while. I uh, I love Hawkinson. And, and just to see him celebrate with Matt Stafford after that. Yeah, they had him mic'd up. I phenomenal. saw that. He was mic'd up. Yeah, that was, that was a cool that video. That was sick. That was so sick. And might as well go into the Colts game on Sunday. Unpredictable is my word for that game. I Listen, have no Colts idea. Op- Colts open at two and a half favorites on the road. Now, is you know better than I do. I haven't heard anything, but I don't think that there's fans in Ford Field on Sunday. Nope, there's Could not. be wrong. Okay. So they did. That's that's a little unfortunate. Um so, did they rule them out for the next how many home I games? Think I think they're, they're going game by game right now. Cases are pretty high in Michigan, so I don't see it opening for a while. Oh, this is just so unfortunate. Oh, I, I, I need to see fans in Detroit. I need to see them in the den. It would have been great if, if we could have the fans behind our team this weekend. Uh, that's the only reason why I was asking. And obviously, we're coming back home after two road games which could be huge, but the Colts are coming off a bye week, which is dangerous. Yeah, that's always dangerous. And I don't dangerous. know who to pick this week yet, but we got to make our picks soon. I mean, so, if I'm looking at this – Get in the back of your mind. Like, yes, they're coming off a bye week, but to be fair, their they're running game, Jonathan Taylor has not really dominated. I, I've never thought he was going to come in and dominate. And he's – he um. Had to get the starting job early because Marlon back tore his ACL. He's only he has looked okay, but the the specialties of the quarterback, Philip Rivers, the guy's not that good, man. He he's on the back of his career. He's twelve kids deep. He he's made. He's probably got a three hundred acre farm. He can go back to on the weekends. You got to shut him down. Make him beat you. I'd say stack the box. Let our cornerback school against their guys because I think our guys are better than your, their guys. Their defense is a little bit scary, but you can shut down their offense. Yeah, and totally different uh, because Philip Rivers is on two different team or a different team now. Because last year we held what Rivers to what thirteen point or fourteen points last year with the Chargers. That dude, he 
he just throws it so weird. I, I don't know <laughs> what it is. Shot but put. He throws it like a shot put. Literally, literally. And to be honest, their rushing attack hasn't been great, even with that offensive line that is bolstered. That, that is dominant. And I thought Jonathan Taylor should definitely be better. So if the Lions just continue to stop that run game and make Phillip Rivers, that's the theme, man. Make make the quarterback beat you, and especially Phillip Rivers beat you, because t- like nine out of ten times he ain't gonna beat you through the through the air. And if our defense can can put some pressure on him, I think he'll be able to fold. Now the question is if our offense is gonna be able to muster up anything against this Colts defense. I think they Which can. I, have I really think they about. can. I don't know, Tally. We our offense did not look good on it Sunday. It didn't. It... But the Bengals just put up a thirty-one piece on on the Colts. They were up twenty-one nothing in that game. I the Lions get up to that much of the lead. I know they're the Lions, but they're a much better team than the Bengals. And the Bengals almost held on to that game. If they can just get down this team's throat early, get a lead and make. Philip Rivers throw the ball like fifty times. Just force them That's true. into the most uncomfortable situation they can get into, and you're going to win this game. That's an excellent point. If you look at the uh, the Colts matchups this year so far, it's been the Jaguars, Vikings, Jets, Bears, Browns, and Bengals. And the last whole lot of nothing. What? Yeah, last two weeks the Bengals put up twenty seven, the Browns put up twenty three. So the Colts defense was fizzling out. Uh, they really did their work against the Vikings, Jets, and Bears, basically holding them to under 12 points each. And even the Jags scored 20 points on them. So, and that I mean, Jags offense is I don't, brutal. I don't know what to make of their defense just because they haven't played great offenses. They, they've played Joe Flacco, Kirk Cousins, Gardner Minshew, was Mitch Trubisky? No, uh, Nick that Foles. That was Nick was Foles at that point, and they four. still lost. Yep, Nick Foles, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Joe Burrow, who put up 27. Joe Burrow's a stud. Oh. Love that, dude. Going to be yep. a stud. But Matt Stafford's obviously, I, in my opinion, the best uh, quarterback in all of those groups. So, and, and their secondary is very viable. They can they can tear apart the secondary, really. Kenny Gallagher can have a field day. He can, TJ Hogginson, get open. DeAndre Swift, run the ball. I think they can, if they can put up just like 25 points, 26, 27, like they're going to win the game. The def- If the defense keeps making improvements, which they have slowly, suddenly starting to get stops, starting to get three and outs, they're starting to get reliable, you can win this game. And I think you can win this game by like a touchdown. Yeah, I really, I just really hope we don't go 0-3 at home. Yeah, that was, uh, and you have to win every single game on the road. That would just really, really suck. So, that's also huge. We're coming back home after two wins on the road. Hopefully, we can get Justin Coleman back this week. It'd be nice. Could He's be not on the injury report Stanley. right now. He's not on the injury report. It's just uh, Desmond Trufant. So, it I could, think we are getting Coleman if back. If we get both of them back, oh. The Colts haven't uh, released theirs yet because, you know, they have, they have, they've been a bye. They haven't had like a, an official practice, so they haven't had to release the injury report. But I, I'm pretty sure they're a little bit banged up as well. Yeah, and and if we can get those two corners back, I've been saying it since last week, Justin Coleman and Desmond Trufant, I mean, they dude, our defense could be looking hell of a lot better. pressure, and then it helps the secondary out. 
when you get pressure and with better guys in the secondary. No more Daryl Roberts, please. Like, yeah, we can finally sit down Daryl Roberts's ass. <laughs> see him finally sit on the bench a little bit. Jeff Okuda's been yeah, getting better fine. and better. I mean, we haven't seen that dominant game where he's locking up, but I mean, I don't think we're going to see that game from him. I mean, if there's ever a game to do it, these indie wideouts aren't special. T.Y. Hilton's way past his prime. Mo Alley Cox is their tight end that Philip Rivers loves, but there's, there's, I mean, there's nothing really there on offense that. That scares no. me. Stack the box. Make Phillip Rivers beat you. Because this isn't you know no what? Julio That's Jones. Right. This ain't Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley out there. You know what, Tally? You might have swayed my pick this week. Oh. You might have swayed I'm, I'm just trying to that look leads us I don't know if I want to take the lines because it is what it is. But I think we match up extremely well versus this team. And On we're headed last... into the downtown picks. Very, very... Uh, big this week again. I'm three and zero, and you're two and one, I believe now after the last week. So who picked first last week? I, I picked was it first. You yep, or... it was me. All right, so I might have to go first here, but wow, I don't. I you brought up great points, and, and I brought up great points to make it believe that the Lions would go. Not 0-3 on, on the home this season. And I think you swayed my pick, man. I oh, think you man. did. Going up until today's podcast, I said that I'm not going to pick the Lions this Uh-oh. week. But you know what? I'm picking the Lions. Lions win by a score of 20-14. to 14. Wow, low scoring for Big me. Big time win on Sunday. Huge hmm. win. Offense is going to be able to almost just be good enough, I believe. And the defense, I think we're going to get back Justin Coleman this week. I don't know if we're going to get true font, but we'll see. I think the defense is going to be uh, on their A game against Phillip Rivers. And, yeah, like you said, they don't have assets on the offense. And I completely get that. And that's why I'm going with the Lions. Oh, man. I can't keep doing this to myself. I hate when I do it. I hate when I pick the Lions. Because usually they they disappoint me. But they haven't disappointed me in the last two weeks. I think this team's catching a little bit of fire. Coming off of two season-saving wins. I Season-saving? Yeah, they, they, I think they get it done on Sunday. I think they beat the Indianapolis Colts by a score of 27-20. to 20. They find a way. They're going to win this game probably in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a little bit of a nitty-gritty game. Stop Jonathan Taylor. Stop Philip Rivers, make him beat you, and the Lions through every aspect of the game. Special teams, Matt Prater's going to probably kick like two clutch field goals. Offense going to going to have to score a couple times, but the Lions win this football game. Get a buy five about five hundred with these coming weeks. So so winnable. I know it's only Long we're three Maddie and three, Prince. but these next three games are so winnable, man. So winnable. Win them one by one. Get to four and three. Get to five and three. Get to six and three. Show me you guys can contend. And they're so critical too. Absolutely critical. I going back to to what the Colts have. I think we match up like you said really well. Like I I, I just don't trust it. I don't like T Y Hilton is guardable. He, he's he's, he's not team. where he and used to be. He's not T Y. It's that anymore. simple. 
it's just it, it's it's just that simple at this point. And oh, I'm nervous for next week. All this right? is a huge I game. Because if they can get through this three game run at two and one, which I think the third game, the uh, Washington R words should be a very feasible, winnable game. So all you really have to do <laughs> is steal two two of these games, well, one of these two games, and you're putting in a spot to get above five hundred. And, at, yep, and that's, that's something we never thought we were going to be saying once we were one and three. So this is why this game's so crucial. Looking at three and four is kind of ugly. Looking at four and three is so much better. And that's all you can ask for. And that will probably do it for this week's episode. Another week Loaded in the episode. books. We absolutely love this. Stay tuned for more updates. Once again, follow the Twitter. It is at downtown underscore roar. We would really appreciate it. Any interaction on there, maybe some comments, uh, maybe some, some nice interactions once again. And we would appreciate once again, all of the support that we can get from you all, because we love coming on here Monday nights, probably the highlight of the week for going sure. through these COVID times on the, on this podcast. It's just great. Exactly. Talking the Lions and I, we just love nothing it. better we than Lions talk. It. We're going to start getting some fan questions up in here. There's going to be a lot more content flowing. We're not just going to have the Lions soon. It, so it, it's all looking up here and couldn't be happier. A victory Monday at that. The Lions got a chance to go 4-3 this coming week. As always, go Lions. Definitely. And peace out, everyone. Thank-